Hey queens, it's Zach. And Nina, and welcome to another spoofy episode of Keep It Gay! Musical theater podcast. Nina, do you want to tell us what episode we're doing today? Yes, today our listeners are going to be doing the time warp with us as we cover Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, one of the gayest musicals of all time. A hundo percento. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's hop right in. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your history with Rocky Horror? Yeah, so Rocky Horror was a good show for me in college because I went to a few of the midnight showings. Mm-hmm. Classic. So for me, not to compare Rocky Horror Picture Show to Rent because in no <laughs> universe do those two musicals exist, but Rocky Horror, I kind of feel like, not to generalize, but I kind of feel like sometimes it comes in a point of your life where you really need it. And for me, yeah. just being in college and learning to express myself and be comfortable in my body, it was just a great coming of age musical for me, yeah. blossoming into a, a college student. So it was fun for me while it lasted. A little controversial to have to say, I'm not the biggest Rocky fan now in my ah. in my old age. Gotcha. Still like the show, but it's it served a, a time and place for me yeah. when I needed it, and now I have I've Marie condoed it. I've been I've said thank you to it and said <laughs> goodbye to it. And now we're trudging it back up for you. Exactly. How about you, Zach? I think this is a one of your favorites. Oh isn't it? yeah, I, yeah, I, I love Rocky Horror. I first discovered Rocky Horror um, in middle school because, uh, and this oh is going God. to be shocking to our listeners. I had a girlfriend in middle school. Named Amaryllis, um, and she is a lesbian now. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I know we were just we were just the gayest uh, straight couple of all time. And she invited me over to her house after school one day, and you know most horny middle schoolers would be like kissing and making out and stuff. She was like, "I have something to show you," and she like brought me up to her room. <laughs> She pulled out a copy of Rocky Horror, and we watched it together. And uh, I've been gay ever since. So so gay. Yeah. So so we're gonna blame a lesbian for yeah. making you gay. Thanks, Amaryllis. Yeah. Then in college too, I really enjoyed it because I went to school in Salem, where the witches come from, and there would be this big screening of it every Halloween uh, at the theater in Salem, and everyone would dress up and go, and it was it was a great time. So. It's just always been one of those musicals that's been around me and the people that are around me love it and I love it and et cetera. Yeah, I feel that. So if you were going to explain Rocky Horror Picture Show to someone who's never heard of it before, what would you say Rocky Horror Picture Show is about? Okay, so Rocky Horror Picture Show is about Brad and Janet, who are this like boring, vanilla, newly married straight couple that are leaving for their honeymoon and their car breaks down. So they walk in the rain to this big Frankenstein-esque castle and they knock on the door and they're greeted by all these crazy characters who are secretly aliens from the planet, uh, the planet transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. Transylvania. Yes. Yeah. Um, And there there's a party being thrown because Frankenfurter, who's like the guy, the main guy, he's the head bitch in charge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He he created a like perfect human specimen named Rocky and he's debuting Rocky to all of his weird alien friends. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they get, yeah. And Brad and Janet get trapped in the party. They won't let them leave and they have like their own sort of queer sexual awakenings. It's definitely, like we say, a coming of age musical that really big in the LGBTQ community oh, yeah. about expressing yourself and your sexuality and sexual mm-hmm. fluidity. So it's definitely an empowering musical. And especially for a musical having come out in the 70s, that yeah. was all the rage. And it's definitely continued and stayed arguably incredibly popular it's gotten more popular as time has gone on yeah I think I think it's big in the queer community because it explores a bunch of different sexualities and stuff and it shows that even like the most boring vanilla seeming people have weird sexual desires in them Mm -hmm. no matter what turns you on that musical makes you feel included doesn't make you feel weird doesn't kink shame no kink shaming here kink encouraging exactly So we're going to be covering more of the 1975 movie musical, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, We will dive into a little bit of Rocky Horror Show as well. Mm -hmm. I just feel, of course, people are doing productions of Rocky Horror Show, but I just feel like Rocky Horror Picture Show is almost bigger than the musical itself now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the 1975 musical, it's a comedy horror film. It was 20th Century Fox produced by Lou Adler and Mike. Michael White, directed by Jim Sharman. The screenplay was written by Sharman and actor Richard O'Brien. Zach, if that name rings a bell, he was the actor who played Riff Raff. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So he also wrote the musical Rocky Horror mm-hmm. Show. So yeah, the film, like we said earlier, based on the 1973 stage production created by O'Brien. Something cool that I found out when I was doing my research, Richard O'Brien being just a poor struggling actor created mm-hmm. Rocky Horror Show out of boredom. So he was an out-of-work actor looking for things to do, and in his downtime and on those cold winter nights, he Mm. was writing Rocky Horror Show. So a little fun thing, if you can't find art, make your own art, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And the musical is really just a parody tribute, like a love letter to science fiction and horror movies of the 1930s to the early 60s. The movie 100% has that vibe. Oh, yeah. The stage show does, too. It premiered in London at the Royal Court Theatre in June of 1973. It quickly moved to larger venues in London, was a huge hit in London, ran at King's Road Theatre for, I believe, six years. It definitely ran there for a while. And then when the musical came over to the U.S., it was huge in L.A., huge in New York, played in other cities, and then made a Broadway debut in 1975, just in time for the movie. So the movie and the Broadway show actually came out pretty close to one another. And the show kind of flopped. Really? It it wasn't like a flop flop, but just to give you an idea, the Broadway debut lasted three previews and 45 showings so I don't know I would call that a flop (laughs) yeah I was just gonna say I don't know number wise what constitutes a flop uh that's something for our intern Luna the cat to look up later okay we'll get we'll get we'll get we'll get our cat interns on it yeah get our cat interns on it because I don't know number wise what technically constitute a flop but 40 you know if you're gonna do 45 showings kind of small yeah that sounds like a flop to me I don't think the movie was very successful when it first came out either when it first came out no and actually that huge tradition of people throwing things at the screen Mm -hmm. and yelling things out at the screen came from people being kind of bored at the movie so they thought it would be fun if they did a little bit of audience participation and Zach as we say here on the podcast, oh, yeah. what is gayer than audience participation? So I think people were just having fun with it and it became 
popular when people I actually credit Los Angeles and in New York, but mm-hmm. in LA they would do these midnight showings of it and that's when it became popular and that's when people felt comfortable coming out and expressing right. themselves to see the movie. They started dressing up, they started doing the audience participation or doing the performances in front of the screen and that's really when it became popular. Right, it's the definition of a cult classic. Like it exactly. was not that big of a success and then it gained like a cult following and Now it's just like a piece of pop culture that will never go away. Yeah. And there's, of course, been many tours of it. It's very big internationally. Alice Ripley was in it. (laughs) I was going to say there was a revival in the early 2000s. Ran a lot longer. Ran from October of 2000 to January of 2002 at Circle in the Square. Love that theater. Right. It was it was like the Rip and uh, and Rala Sparza, right? Yeah, Rip was Janet, Rallis Barza was Riff Raff, hmm. Joan Jett played Columbia. Whoa, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Daphne Rubin Vega played Magenta. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah, and then they just filtered in every celebrity. Like Luke yeah. Perry, I think, was in there for a while. I think Gilbert Gottfried played the narrator at oh, one point. Oh my God, I would have killed yeah. to see that. <laughs> Ditto, yeah. They just, because as we said earlier, huge cult following. So of course, there's going to be a ton of people that love the musical right so in that production they filtered in a lot of celebrities i mean i know there used to be a rumor that mick jagger wanted to play frank comforter <gasps> in the movie version yeah princess Di loved rocky horror she saw tim curry after one mm. of his performances and was very saucy to him Ooh, um, i mean just everybody everybody loves it everybody loves it mick jagger would have been great but tim curry is that iconic in that role i have to say being an old curmudgeon Kind of like how I was saying, I've not. To, I hate to use the word outgrow, but just being someone who doesn't love it as much as they mm-hmm. used to when they were younger. I watch it for Tim Curry. Oh it's, yeah, it's it's his like just his swan song. It's just he's incredible in it. Mm-hmm. So now that we got a little bit of the history down, let's talk Tonys. Yes. All right, my favorite game, Zach. Okay. Original 1975 production. How many Tonys was it nominated for? Uh, I'm going to say one. One. Yes. 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 Wait, wait. <laughs> and... let, me, let me guess which one. Let me guess which one. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, probably not Best Musical. Um, it's probably going to be Best Actor or Best Actress. It was probably for someone specifically, right? No. Dang. What is it? Best Lighting Design. <laughs> like, of all of the ones you could have been nominated for, who as a critic is sitting in the audience being like, actor, no, actress, no, set, no. But that lighting? Yeah. This show sucks, but that spotlight was damn good. <laughs> Gotta love that lighting. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. Got three Drama Desk nominations, but that's it. Didn't win anything. Got the one. Uh, who cares about the Drama Desk nominations? Come, come at me, Drama Desk nomination. <laughs> the Revival. Guess how many that got nominated for? Um, Five. Close four. Four. Okay, so uh, mm-hmm. probably best revival. Um, let's see. Did Rallo Sparza get nominated for one? Because he was pretty good Maybe. in it. Joan Jett. Not for a Tony. Okay. Nope. Um, best the best lighting again. <laughs> no, ironically Dang. enough, Dang. lighting didn't make the cut this time. Uh, um, I give up. What are they? So it's you were right with best revival. Okay, makes sense. It did get an acting nom. It was mm-hmm. Best Actor Tom Hewitt. He was the original Frankenfurter in that gotcha. production. Best Director and mm-hmm. Best Costume Designer. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
And I know, again, I know you don't like drama desk, but it did get five <laughs> drama desk noms, but it did win one theater world award. And that went to Rallis Barzo. Yeah. He deserves mm-hmm. something. His voice is so weird in that recording, but it's so, it works really well. Definitely. Just the yeah. like aggressive vibrato. <laughs> to be fair, Tom Hewitt lost his Tony award to Nathan Lane in the producers as Max Vialli. Uh, okay. That, yeah. You got to give it to Nathan Lane. Yeah, that was that was something for yeah. sure. So yeah. Well, shall we dive into a little bit of our really queen corner? Really queen. <laughs> I'm eager to hear what yours are because as someone who loves Rocky Horror, what are your what are your little picks? First of all, I want to give a really queen to Columbia because like yeah, it's cool and all that she gets to hang out with all these aliens, but the dude killed your boyfriend twice. Mm-hmm. And she just decides like Ah, oh, that sucks. I'm sad about it, but I'm still gonna hang out with you guys. You guys seem cool. Like I, I, I don't definitely know. a weird little love triangle thing too. I didn't. Did you ever pick up in the movie that it was actually a love triangle? I well, I didn't know. They also like kind of imply that Eddie and Frankenfurter were also lovers for a while. Yeah, when he kills him, I remember her saying like, "But he loved you. He loved you." Something like that. I don't remember ah. the exact line, but uh, yeah, it's implied that they were all fucking. I mean, I think Got it's implied it. that everybody in that whole castle is fucking. True that. Definitely true that. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely understand what you're talking about. I don't mm-hmm. know why she would be doing the time warp when her BF is dead and her other BF killed her other BF. I want to give a really queen to that entire storyline because I I don't know. Out of all the plot points in Rocky Horror, that one's the one that makes me go like, meh. I could take or leave Meatloaf. Oh, Meatloaf, don't ever have my dad hear you say that. You know how he feels about Meatloaf. I don't need to sleep on it and call him in the morning. It's my least favorite plot point. (laughs) (laughs) No, Meatloaf, RIP. My other really queen thing is actually not about Rocky Horror at all. It's shock treatment. Have you seen shock treatment what is shock treatment shock treatment is the sequel to rocky horror that was made in 1981 um yeah it's not like a it's not like a direct sequel but it has brad and janet played by different actors and they come back to their like hometown and they're involved in the taping of this weird tv game show thing and it's called marriage maze and it's hosted by a blind guy and there's all these weird sub parts of it it is not a great movie it's very weird um but is it as like sex driven as rocky horror um not really it's i mean a little bit but it's just yeah no it's just it's mostly weird oh no, I don't know it. Yeah, the only actors that are the same are Richard O'Brien and Patricia Quinn, but mm. they play different characters. Makes sense. So Brad and Janet are the same characters. Richard O'Brien and Patricia Quinn are in it, but playing different characters. Bet you a million bucks. I mean, shame on me for not doing that part of the research, mm-hmm. but I'm sure Richard O'Brien probably wrote it or worked on it. Uh, yeah, it was him and a couple other people. Yeah, cool, cool. Slaps on the wrist for me. <laughs> yeah. Here's my issue with it. Why... Are they on Earth? Because they talk about, um, like, was the mission to come to Earth to make a perfect human specimen? That that almost doesn't make sense to me. If they're aliens, why would they want to make a perfect human specimen? Right. Wouldn't they want to make a perfect alien specimen? And on top of that, what was the mission? Because I know towards the end, Riff Raff is saying that he failed the mission and he's right. fired and they're going back, yada, yada. What? I... You can't just lay a mission on me and not tell me what it is. What what is the mission? Maybe they were supposed to like take over the world, but he got distracted by like sex. 
I would have wanted to know also if that was the thing. How long mm. were they there for? Like, how many years do you think passed where they were like, oh, my God, this sex thing's getting so old. <laughs> yeah. It's time to stop the damn mission. Yeah. They were just like, fuck <laughs> off. Also, on that note, mm-hmm. if everyone's there, you know how the time warp is kind of implying that it's, are they other aliens that are there to see Frank's unveiling of the perfect human specimen? I think so, yeah. Why are they not dressed the same then? If Are they also from Transylvania? Are they from a different alien planet? So maybe they don't dress that way? Because I just find it interesting that Frank and Furter's crew dresses the way they dress, but then these aliens there for the convention are not dressed the same way. I don't know. I was a little confused by that costume choice. There's a lot of like ambiguous stuff about like the background. I mean, you you don't even really find out that they're aliens until the end. True. That whole thing is just strange. And then the, of course, spoiler alert, the uh, entire mansion becomes a spaceship and blasts off at the end. Blasts off. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also think it's funny I would also just want to know from a almost like a dramaturge point of view, mm-hmm. them dressing that way. Is that how they understand humans to dress or is that them being like, we're humans and we have these weird body parts. So let's show them off. Like, I wonder, like, I just would be curious to know what the costume choice was. Right. Yeah, me too. I think we were ready to dive into the Bradley Award. Bradley. Ready for the Bradley? I have just one big one, and it's Meatloaf. I teased it earlier. Yes. I mean, think about it. He is all of the parts of Bradley. He isn't really a main character. He comes on and does this big song and dance number that, like, chews the scenery and steals a focus. And then when he's done with it, they just kill him. You know what? No, I was going to change mine to Meatloaf Mm -hmm. because that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. And actually, the reason why I have my Bradley is kind of Meatloaf's fault. So does that by proxy make Meatloaf the Bradley? But no, I have to stick. I have to stick by my original Bradley, which I'm going to say is Dr. Scott. (gasps) Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott. And I'll tell you why. Okay, tell me why. First of all, would argue that we could learn about them being aliens without Dr. Scott. I just kind of feel like he comes in out of nowhere. Like, I know it's a fantastical musical and it's not supposed to be based in reality, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. But I just kind of feel like he comes into the middle of the musical out of nowhere. And then the musical takes a really sharp turn about the whole alien portion. And I just think we could have done it without him. I also just don't get why he gets a whole musical number. And he can't sing. (laughs) Yeah, he he has a whole musical number. He can't sing. But my problem is, the pet peeve is, he has a whole musical number about a character who had three minutes worth of (laughs) airtime. Right. So that's my problem. It's like, wow, we're really building up the character of Eddie for Dr. Scott to really benefit from it. I feel like our Bradleys are linked because without those two, the movie would still stand on its own and be fine. And you could just learn that they're aliens when Riff Raff and Magenta revolt and say, you failed your mission. Let's go home. And that would be a better reveal, to be honest. Agreed. A hundred percent. Yeah. I just don't think he's crucial to the plot. And then he comes in and we all kind of have those musicals where there's one song you always skip or is just Uh, a snooze fest. And And when that. Yeah. Yeah, when that song comes on, as soon as he starts with, from the day he was born, I'm like, brother. (laughs) And it takes so long for him to get through it. There's a lot of choruses to that song. It's not a short one. It just takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's my Bradley for show. 
Yeah, I do have to say, I the only thing I really like about Dr. Scott is the moment in the floor show at the end where he lifts yes! his blanket up and he's wearing like fishnets and a high heel on one of his legs. I do love that. Yeah. I do love that is a great reveal. Yeah, that's honestly, if I were in charge of this movie, that's the only reason I would keep him in. Makes sense to me, yeah. definitely. Well, when a musical is already so gay, mm-hmm. how do we make it gayer? And so the rule is when mounting a play, keep it funny, keep it sunny, keep it gay. Jeez. Um, I I have racked my brain on how to make this musical gayer. And there's a couple little things we can do. It's implied that Brad and Frank have sex like that first night when they stay over. And like that's that's all good and all, but I think that instead of Janet sleeping with Rocky, I think Brad should sleep with Rocky. And I think Janet should probably have slept with the girls like Magenta or Columbia. I think a way to make this gayer would be to totally, cause Brad and Janet, they're pr- still pretty heteronormative. Like they have like weird queer experiences, but they don't end up at the end any gayer than they were at the beginning, really. They just end up like queerer. Yeah. Which is totally valid. But I think if we were going to make it gayer, I think they should both end up like my middle school girlfriend and I, gay at the end of the movie. That would be cool. Yes. Yeah. I dig that. And more and just more butt stuff. Always. Yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, add <laughs> just more add butt more stuff. butt stuff. <laughs> See, for me, sometimes you just gotta keep it simple. Yeah. For me, I just think the time warp. In terms of costume, again, here mm-hmm. here comes mm-hmm. Nina, costume designer with no degree. I just think the costumes for Time Warp could have been way gayer yeah. than the suits. True, 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 true. Yeah, I mean, the, the women, honestly, if they had the women in suits and the men in something like drag, gayer, yeah, that would yeah. be, that would be cool. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, not well, gayer. Gayer is cooler, so whatever. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because right now the party is a like or convention party, whatever we're going to call it. Board meeting. Yeah, board meeting, plant factory, work mart. Person, camera. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little more spoopy. It needs to be a little more gay. Yes. Yeah, true, true, true. True that. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, Uh, Going back to uh, Bradley stuff, I just wanted to, I forgot to sneak this in. The other Bradley, the other one that I like toyed with was in the movie, one of the women in the suits, like one of the alien women in the suits is just this like tiny little lady. (laughs) Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. I decided not to go with her because she steals the attention, but it's in a hilarious way. Yeah. Like she's just always like doing something weird. And then like when Eddie has like rides his motorcycle, she like runs away from it. And it's really funny. But I I do remember out of all the ensemble, I feel she's the one that I'm always constantly watching during that movie. (laughs) That's cute. Yes. But uh, yeah, more more ensemble members like her is what we need definitely just gay, a gayer ensemble yeah manic tiny lesbian energy definitely which is my new instagram handle <laughs> <laughs> zach we've reached the moment of truth <gasps> is it are we there already oh crap it's time for where, where do we, we put, put all, all these big, big gay, gay homos? homos every episode and if you guys are just tuning in what a what an episode! To t- I know. Hi, welcome. Um, but every You're ep- start with this one, really. Yeah, okay. I mean, congratulations. It's a good one. But <laughs> welcome. Go back and listen to all of our previous episodes. Where have you been, bitch? <laughs> every episode, we decide what the big gay homo number is, and what the big gay homo number means is that in every musical theater casting session, there comes a time where 
the casting director says, okay, we've cast all the lead characters, we've cast all the secondary characters, but we had all these incredibly talented, big gay homos auditioned for us. We want to cast them, but we don't know where to put them. Where do we put all these big gay homos? Where do we put them? Susan. Kathy. Denise. Where do we put them? Where are they? Um, And uh, in every musical, there comes a point where you're sitting in the audience and you look at the big gay homos flouncing on the stage and you're like, that's where they put them, right there. In that number. And Nina and I never reveal to each other what we think the big gay homo number is till this, the moment of the big reveal. The floor the show. time warp. Nah. <laughs> I almost did the time warp. And I almost did the floor show. Yeah. Those are the two biggest gayest moments of the show. I mean, it, Definitely. It, there are lots of big gay moments in the show. It's basically one big gay movie. Here's my argument for why the floor show is a little bit gayer than the time warp. Go for it. The time warp is definitely the quintessential like big chorus number. Everyone knows the time warp. Everyone loves the time warp. There's audience participation, and I'm sure you'll get to that. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think the floor show just is them coming into their weird gay queerness and all the reveals from like regular costumes into like the boas and the fishnets and the corsets. And then the fact that they just all like fall into the pool and are making out and it's a slower big gay homo number, but it is a very performative, very gay number, which is, mm -hmm. and the boas and that moment where, uh, the where leg reveal, the leg, the leg reveal, yeah. the Dr. Scott the wheelchair leg, leg reveal. reveal. Yeah. I think that's, that's yeah. the moment that cinches it for me. That part. I'm like, okay, this is, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be that one. Again, you know, I'm a stickler for the rules. So mm -hmm. the reason why I couldn't say that one was the big gay homo number was mm -hmm. because there's only four or five of them. Right. I just I can't give it based on the number alone. I can't give it to them. Mm -hmm. For me, I always try to think of what is every Bradley backstage waiting for? <laughs> what is everyone gearing up for? Yes. The time warp. Yeah. And let me tell you why the time warp as we said earlier, there is nothing gayer than audience participation. <laughs> yeah. And not only is there audience participation, but the narrator literally brings down what are those things called? <laughs> oh. You know, where they with a pointer stick. Yeah, yes. I, I he don't... brings down the flappy thing. The flappy thing. You know the, what? The technical term is flip flappy flaps. So the flip flappity sh shablam shablap. Mm -hmm. He brings down like the projector screen. Right. And he's with choreography on it. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally <laughs> tapping to show you specifically this is how you do it. Yeah. So you can also be big and gay in the movie theater or in the theater, wherever you're dancing, the time mm -hmm. warp, your big gay Halloween party, wherever, right? Yes. I, and I would also argue. That is a song I heard all the time in college around Halloween. If you went to a Halloween party, yes. somebody was playing the time warp and yes. everyone was like, oh, shit, it's the time warp. Right. Everybody knows out. how to do the time warp. It's like the game Macarena. Exactly. It's the gay Macarena. And kind of like in previous episodes when we've talked about a gay initiation song, right. it is kind of Brad and Janet's gay initiation right. to the aliens of transsexual Transylvania. Right. Exactly. OK, no, that makes sense. I Honestly, you've won me over. The floor show is more concentrated gay, but I think Time Warp is just the bigger, gayer number. I mean, there are so, again, though, it's one yeah. of those musicals where it, it is already just so gay, like Sweet mm -hmm. Transvestite, right. so gay, oh, Make absolutely. You a Man, mm -hmm. so gay. But mm -hmm. if we're just going based on the numbers, yes, I'm saying Time Warp. Yes, no, that I'll give you a technical win on that. Technical win. Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think, uh, I think we've come to the end. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again to another rip-roaring homosexual episode of Keep It Gay, a musical theater podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe, and above all, 
Keep it gay, everyone. Keep it gay, guys. And spoopy. Spoopy gay. Gay and spoopy. scene and scene <laughs> i told you that one was gonna be short